Blog Talk Radio. You know, we are at an inflection point, I believe, in the world economy. Not just the world economy, in the world. It occurs every three or four generations. As one of of the top military people said to me in a secure meeting the other day, 60 60 million people died between 1900 and 1946. And uh, since then, we established a liberal world order, and that hadn't happened in a long while. A lot of people died, but nowhere near the chaos. And now is a time when things are shifting. We're going to, there's going to be a new world order out there, and we've got to lead it, and we've got to unite the rest of the free world in doing it. Good evening. Paul, are you there? Paul, Paul, Paul. Hello, can you hear me? There you are. It's your phone. You're here, yeah. The technical difficulties are your fault. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> okay, so hey, anyway, I am Diane. I'm Paul Dayton. And we are DNP, delivering the truth and exposing the lies. So, Finally, yes, I'm Paul Dayton for the technical difficulties, which were evidently my it is uh, acceptable game, and hopefully we can make up by doing a good show here. I know the plan for today. Uh, we have an hour, and, you know, we don't have a guest today, which is probably a good thing. Um, so we could just, you know, talk about current events and what's going on. And Lord knows there was enough going on. In fact, I was listening to that commercial before we started the show and, um, you know, about his whole New World Order deal. That's what they want. Right? They want the new world order. It is, I mean, it is, uh, seems pretty evident that there is a, uh, a, by the way, a cabal of people attempting to rule uh, an area or the whole world is not new, it's not unique to uh, today or to any people. But yes, I mean, of course, there's a group out to take over the world. Yes, it's not surprising. And these people, these government, what do you call it, setups in which central planning is the uh, the focus, the primary mechanism, whether you call it socialism or communism or wokernism or whatever, anything you want. As long as when you have liberty choices taken from the citizens and put into the hands of central planners, that's the important variable. And once that happens, yep. obviously it's easier for one or a handful of people to sit in a room someplace and push a button and have it impact a great, a large amount of people. So anyway, long story short, it's a great system for instituting control of resources. And um, mm-hmm. that's definitely, they, they, hold, they hold the cards, and uh, we, everyone else has to, as on the outside looking in, has to go fetch for them in order to uh, yeah. be able to do. And I think, you know, I think what they don't realize is now if I if you can't hear me I got some water in my phone today so if you're having problems just let me know but I mean a lot of people don't realize they've been going at this for over a hundred years you know in in trying to create this plan and happening and 
you know, a lot of these things that have happened in our history over the last hundred years have been inside jobs. You know, and you try to tell that to regular folk, and they look at you like you are absolutely crazy. In fact, I went to um, a local fair last night, me and a couple of my girl and guy friends, and we were hanging out, and um, they had an exhibit there on 9-11. It was kind of like a traveling exhibit. Can you hear me? I can. I hear you loud and clear. So it was kind of like a traveling exhibit. And, you know, people that know, if you know, you know. You know, you know that 9-11, it was an inside job. No, nobody's saying that people didn't die. Nobody's saying that it didn't happen, but it was an inside job. I mean, the, the person that owned those towers, he transferred millions, if not billions, of dollars to his account. And, you know, he put out a policy on that. It was like, I think it was like less than two weeks. Don't quote me. I could be wrong on the timing on that. But less than two weeks before they went down. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes on that, that's shady. And, you know, I kind of get tired of people turning the other way because if it doesn't affect you now with this, it, it is going to. You know, and that a perfect example of that was, was COVID itself. You know, that was just kind of their trial run to see, I feel it was kind of their trial run just to see what everybody would do. I think you're definitely right. The um, well, well, something doesn't make sense. Uh, so first of all, with not with the uh, 9/11 01, um, you know, I, I remarked for years. And in the first place, when you talk about people, uh, I guess you, you said so much there. I'm sorry. I want to I want to say like five things at once, and I have to do them one at a time. <laughs> Otherwise, they say nothing. But, it's okay. Uh, it's okay to be slow. No. <laughs> So people, people, yeah, people will turn, look at you like you have lobsters coming out of your ears when you tell them something right. like, like that, treatment like that. And that's part of the reason I like to focus on only the surface level, like primarily the surface level. I focus on like senators, presidents, heads of state in other countries, uh, and only stick to evidence that's easily verifiable or refutable. To as a means of showing that whatever is being said about certain things is just is just untrue, untrue mm-hmm. at all. Because the person, when you tell them that hey, you know, there, there, there's a, there's a handful of people out to uh, rule the world, and on 9/11, uh, you know, there's all this evidence that, that indicates. I think Sheldon Silver was the guy's name, uh, the guy with the towers. I think uh, that might not be 100% true. Uh, but yeah, the you know they got this huge insurance policy right before, and they, they and he moved a whole bunch of money around, and then all this other stuff that doesn't make any sense. They're they're gonna they're so a person like that is so far away from where they need to be. Like somebody who goes around saying you know the New Deal uplifted the poor, and you know masks are for our protection, uh, you know and things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, they're so far away where they are. It's so far away from where they need to be that I think the, the, the increment, because you don't want people to just, all, people say all kinds of stuff that sounds crazy, and most of it is crazy. A lot of it is made up nonsense. So mm-hmm. the, the path for a person, for a reasonable person, who is interested in finding, arriving at the correct answer, and permitting the weight of the evidence to, per, to dictate the conclusion, has to be sort of, you have to take their hand and take them one step to the next step and look at all this stuff happening on the surface. This is not from secret papers that somebody could be making up. This is from census data, right? This is from, like, the official channels, the president, the, the people in the Congress, the state governors, 
Uh, this is all stuff that's easily verifiable. And you show them, like, oh, something has to go off. Like, hmm. So the facts don't, it doesn't make sense, right? The facts don't match the story. And then mm-hmm. from there, they keep over and over and over, keep rubbing their nose an example after example after example uh, of this happening. Right. And then from there, the person has no choice but to say, okay, none of this makes sense. So I'm going to try to find something that does make sense. And then they dig a layer deeper. And then they dig a layer deeper until they eventually find their way. Um, so that's very important. And um, I guess that's a primary thing I wanted to say. And then, oh, in terms of 9-11, real quick, uh, another comment about that. You know, I've remarked for years that when people in the United States demonstrate or, like, you know, riot in the streets or whatever, uh, they have an, uh, there's a, there's a, there's a uh, popular upheaval. It's almost never for something that they should be wanting. Like they're, they're demanding the very oppression, the very sort of government overreach and tyranny that people in other parts of the world rise up and take to the streets to try to uh, free themselves of. You know, they'll, they'll march and say, we want mandated wages, wages mandated by the state. We want to be told for how much money we can sell our labor, and we want people to tell us how much we must pay for things. That's what minimum wages mean. That's exactly what mm-hmm. that means. It means the state is dictating the price, telling you how much you may sell your labor for. And by the way, it limits a person who is not worth paying that, that amount of money uh, to a maximum wage of zero. Because what right. it does is if you make minimum price for an apple $50, what are the apples with the nicks and the bruises and the least desirable apples? What's going to happen to them? Is anybody going to buy them? No. So the maximum price of apples, the least desirable, is zero. So when you have the unskilled, the unexperienced, and the uneducated, who are the least desirable people in the job market, people just trying to enter the workforce, uh, of course people are, it's, it's going it's to squeeze out the very people it claims to be helping. But anyway, so they, come, they take to the streets, and it's always backwards. It's always baffled me. I was in high school on 9-11. I was in class. I went to uh, high school, and we, uh, school started early, I think 7.12 maybe, 7.30, all these years later. Uh, right. But uh, so I was in class, and the principal came on the loudspeaker and, and said the, the planes hit the towers and things. And, and, and at first, of course, no, I didn't know. I thought it was real. Everyone thought it was real at first, or probably uh, legitimate, uh-huh. you know. And as the years have gone by, it's always, again, I'm baffled. That, that people don't take to the streets and come up if they're going to take to the streets, and if they're going to have this popular outrage, and if they're going to want demand answers and demand change. That there are not mothers and fathers and grandparents, et cetera, of deceased or injured pe- people who thought that was real, and their, their sons and grandsons signed up for the military to go fight the terrorists and came back home right. without limbs or didn't come back home at all. Or it was just, just a big roast that was pulled over on people. Uh, Nobody – that never happens. That never happens. And it always uh, it baffles me. Over to you. Yeah, because I specifically remember that day, too. I was training a client, and, you know, I was like – and that was before I knew anything about any of this. You know, I wasn't into this – I wasn't into a lot of this stuff until, you know, around 2015 I started learning, you know, about dangers of vaccines and, and getting into what, are, what were called conspiracy theories, and they're really not now. But, you know, <clears throat> when I went on to be a flight attendant, 
I started questioning. I was like, okay, so black boxes, I mean, those things are kind of indestructible. You know, they're made to be indestructible, like the Titanic supposedly was. But, I mean, they never recovered the black boxes from any of those, you know, for not from the Pentagon, not from the uh, whatever it happened in Pennsylvania. I can't remember the name of the flight um, or the Twin Towers. So they never recovered them. Yes, now that you say that, I, I had forgotten until now the the plane that the odd plane that went down in Pennsylvania, uh, and yeah. then of course we all know I think it's Building Seven or Tower Seven, the plane the building right. which was never hit by a plane, was never hit by a plane or anything else, and which just did you see detonations, flames inside? Uh, it was it was in other words, it, flames did not come from outside and sort of make their way like a forest fire from one group of trees to the next. That's not what happened in right. the building. Look it up in the world if, if you don't know about it. I mean, see it for yourself. Right. Right. Uh, the thing that no plane ever hit it, and the thing just implodes upon itself. You see explosions inside, and the thing collapses in on itself like a sports stadium. Like if, if, if you ever saw like a sports stadium get demolished, and again, with the magic of the Internet, you can if you never have, in a few minutes, a few keystrokes. Um, and it's just, you know, all these, all these charges go off around the building, and the thing falls in on itself relatively safely so that obviously, because the sports arenas are usually in a crowded area, the downtown area, so they don't want debris hitting all the other buildings and going in the streets and things. So it's a controlled mm-hmm. demolition inside and just sets up a cloud of, of dust. Um, you see that happen to a building right. which definitely was never struck by anything. And so th- these are the sorts of things that should be out in the world. Oh, there was something else. There was, there was a plane that hit the Pentagon as well, mm-hmm. uh, which was a plane. Uh, but it might have been a missile, like a, miss, a missile, missile, like an unmanned whistle, missile <coughs> with, uh, with little wings on it for better uh, aim. But that happened too. All, all, that all happened on the same day. And uh, nobody asked any questions about these things. When you talk about this thing hitting the Pentagon, a lot of people probably look at you with a blank stare like, what? Even that thing about the plane in Pennsylvania, Diana, until you said that, until you mentioned it now, you recall it, it came to my mind, but if you were to, I probably would not have volunteered that information. It was in the recesses of my memory. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. The, the things that are um, are sad, you know, what happens is the official story, the T-shirt slogan version, just gets repeated. You know, never forget, uh, the terrorists mm-hmm. did it. Um, you know, band together. Don't question anything and just do what you're told for your country. Uh, yeah, that was the outcome. You know, I, and that, it, it, Aaron, I've yeah, mentioned um, my girlfriend Catherine before many times, and you know, she's kind of taught me everything that I know about, well, pretty much everything <laughs> that I did learn on my own. And she, you know, she she will tell you that, you know, it was a direct Danny drew up in that did it. Mm-hmm. You know, what she has also said that that is what is starting all of these fires. I mean, now they have these fires over in Hawaii, you know, and the pictures are, they're horrible. You know, they're horrible what's going on over there. So, I mean, when I was a kid, I don't, I don't ever remember forest fires like this. Do you? Well, when I was a kid, I wouldn't have paid any attention to forest fires like this at all, unless it was happening in my own backyard. Um, you know, I, I didn't pay much attention to the news at all. It was something grown-ups cared about. I cared about, you know, candy and, you know, playing football with my <laughs> friends or whatever. Okay, so maybe uh, not a kid. Maybe in your 20s, okay? 
<laughs> what my point was, I don't ever remember forest fires like this ever in my lifetime. How's that? Ever in my lifetime. So you got to wonder, um, you know, how much the government is participating in this because they don't, you know, they don't want us to grow our own food. They don't want us to be self-sufficient. So, you know, and they, they're going as far as to blaming um, this, these forest fires on, you know, climate change. I mean, stop, you know. Or cow I, saw I saw a very interesting clip of a video clip of, and by the way, I, I'm, people uh, will hear me talk about politics a lot and maybe read my stuff. Uh, and by the way, I have a website, pauldayton.us, where you can check out my stuff and you can uh, hear some clips of the show, uh, which is cool. But um, anyway, people might think, oh, this guy is, is, is all over, like the Wall Street Journal every day and watches C-SPAN all the time. I hate politicians. I, I detest, I loathe listening to politicians speak, particularly when they're up in, in the halls of Congress, because they're usually just grandstanding. The thing's usually just a giant campaign ad for one or a dozen people who are there. It's just a whole big waste of time. But at, you often, not always, often. Uh, but yeah, I, I saw somebody up there, one of these, one of these uh, shysters, uh, with this. They're, they're concocting this industry out of thin air, the green industry. Uh, it's just a, it's just a concoction in which they're sort of, you know, they have a handful of people. You talk about cabal of people up to something that's no good. This is clearly what's happening. They, they can try this, this this thing out of out of out of nowhere. Uh, they fabricate it, and then they tell you that if you don't comply with it then you're just bad and should be shunned based on no evidence. Um, and that's funny. There's a member of the House, the House representative, he's on his committee, and there's some, some jerk is up there trying to push their, uh, their nonsense uh, before the committee about mm-hmm. the, you know, they're melting the earth. And the guy says to him, look, oh, it was John Kerry, that dirtbag extraordinaire John Kerry uh, mm-hmm. was, was testifying. And so anyway, the Congressman, the House representative member says, uh, well, Carrie says, well, ever since this time, you know, 100,000, 500,000 years, whatever it was, I'm a, a moment in time, uh, since then the, uh, the air quality has been such. And the congressman said, wait a second, why did you choose that date? How about why didn't you, right. choose, a, why didn't you choose a date that was, you know, uh, 10,000 years ago or even longer? Uh, and, and the congressman sort of answered his own question. He says, because you know for sure that these other dates predate man. So anyway, what they pointed out was these, these changes in the atmosphere uh, that are happening occurred based on scientific evidence prior to mm-hmm. man walking the earth, prior to anything they want to demonize that they tell you out in the audience that you are bad for, prior to having your own car, prior to any car, prior to the combustion engine, prior to the discovery that oil was useful for anything and turned into uh-huh. other valuable products that have enriched the lives of so many for so long. Uh, all these things happened beforehand. He says, Carrie, uh, how, do you, how do you account for these changes before man walked the earth? Uh, you know, Carrie said, well, that was geology. The congressman says, did geology stop when man began walking the earth? Yes or no? And he had <laughs> Right. And it's, exa- it's right on. Carrie didn't admit any fault, but, I mean, this is the kind of thing. And I was so pleased to see that. Uh, finally, somebody obeying the evidence, 
putting these people down, or the way they did talking to these people, these liars, these shysters, the way they deserve to be. He didn't raise his voice. He, he treated him like an adult. Carrie behaved like a child. So the man scolded him like the child that he was behaving like. And that's and mm-hmm. that is um, that's what I like to see. That's the kind of change I want. To, uh, hopefully, that we can have happen all around. So that'll be a normal, customary reaction. And uh, on the street, at the supermarket, in your house. Uh, you know what I mean? This, this, during a time that is self-branded as the information age, in what mm-hmm. Americans arrogantly say is the most educated society in, in the history of the world, superstition cannot reign over facts and evidence. It just, the, the two do not reconcile. And I'll, I'll send it back yeah. to you there. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's just it's a lot of information to process for people that aren't aware, but it's and 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 it's true. But I want to I want to get on to some um, some headlines that I that I came across this week. Um, you know, people like to hear the headlines, and I want to say that our first show together last week was um, it was awesome. It's awesome. And I agree. I love it. I- and I think, you know, once we get the YouTube channel going and, and these other things, which, you know, the health thing, and I think it's going to, I think it's going to take off even way more than it, it was before. So looking forward to that. Yeah. So I'm, you know, we, we, Paul and I are discussing a YouTube channel and, and um, I think we're going to do great things. You know, I, like I the hope motivation. so. <laughs> I, I agree. So and I, I hope that the listeners will, 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 will be able to feel that they are enriched. Uh, by mm-hmm. by what we're doing. It's not really about me. It's not. I'm not trying to get rich doing this. I don't think Diana is either. Uh, but the, the, for me, I just want a better country in which to live, a better world in which to live. I tell people for a joke, my hobby is saving the world. You know? Yep. <laughs> so hopefully we can help out. Go ahead, Diana, with the headline. Yeah, and we are, we're in the process of getting um, a new email up as well. Uh, you know, all those things take time to switch over. And um, I did get some private messages, though, this week saying that the show was good and informative. So, you know, that's, that's good stuff. But uh, so I want to just kind of go over some headlines that I came across that I thought were, uh, well, not much really shocks me anymore, um, the way of the world and people. But um, I was reading this article about, do you know what Lulu, who Lululemon is? The leggings? More women would know this more. I'm sure you don't have a pair, Paul. Do you? Do you have a pair of Lululemon leggings? I don't know what they are, but I doubt I have them. Okay. Well, anyway, they're leggings, and they're they're supposed to be these great, soft, you know, tight to the body um, leggings, and they're supposed to last forever. Well, I would have never known this. I guess they contain chemicals that are uh, really difficult for the human body to get rid of. They're like forever chemicals. And these chemicals in these Lululemon leggings are associated with hormone disruptions, cancers, and other problems. So, of course, you know, you're better off opting for natural fibers, I guess, like wood (laughs) or cotton and wool. But, um, I mean, there's people that die, literally die to have a pair of these leggings. And they've got, you know, these toxic chemicals in them. So, I'm assuming that a lot of these toxic chemicals probably are in our underwear and, and things like that. Absolutely. And I'm just wondering from so folks, for folks to know, Diana and I are in separate states in the United States. So we're not sitting at the same studio or at the same, uh, in the same room even. So we're not really looking at, at the same thing all the time. 
so I'll ask you, does, for the listeners, does the article mention the chemical specifically? My, that people can watch no, out? it's just talking about quote-unquote forever chemicals. So whatever they are, um, you know, it's got to be something they either spray on it or, or, or whatever. But I guess even the EPA is saying that they could be potentially dangerous because they're absorbed to the skin. So if you're thinking about that as a woman, you know, I mean, you got your private down there, and what are these chemicals going to do to, you know, women's reproductive systems after some time? Or even men. You know, not that men are wearing Lululemon leggings, but they weren't just talking about Lululemon. They're saying things that Old Navy also contain these. So guys buy clothes at Old Navy, underwear and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, you got to wonder what you're getting, right? That's why with, like, my laundry detergent, I don't use anything that's got chemicals in it. You know, it's all natural, organic um, laundry detergent because a lot of that stuff is re- it re- really is toxic. And if you look at uh, where we were, like, say, in the 70s to where we are now and the amount of chemicals that we have just in our air alone, whatever they're spraying on us, but just in our air and in the uh, products that we use and, and everything, there's hundreds and thousands of more chemicals than there were 30 years ago. So maybe making that connection that, hey, you know, cancer rates are on the rise. Autism rates are on the rise. But we know that's from all the jabs that they give these kids. But, uh, you know, there's – let's start making the connection here. It makes sense to me. Now, obviously, we're not telling everybody out there to – I mean, every chemical is not bad. Every technological advancement is is not necessarily bad. But there are some that are mm-hmm. very, very, very or, or or that maybe they're good in one application, but they're not, you know, supposed to be ingested by the human body. Like maybe they're good for, I don't know, um, some some other, anything else, anything other than that, making rope, right, Make, making some kind of rope that's strong or uh, something for your home that's sturdy, but you're not supposed to eat it, you know, or have it soak into your skin. Right. So, uh, be on the lookout, and I guess the word is try to um, – the best you can, you read the label, not just on your food, but on your clothes. And if it says yeah, 100% cotton, it should be in good place, yeah, it sounds we're, like. We're looking at 100%. Yeah, and what we're looking at, like, um, you know, just chemicals in the body, like mercury, aluminum, um, and these kinds of things. I mean, people are using aluminum pans, drinking out of aluminum cans, eating out of aluminum cans. You know, this stuff builds up in the body over time. You know, and I mean, aluminum lodges in the brain. So, you know, hence how much Alzheimer's is around now than there was 100 years ago. A lot more. So, but there is a way to help with that. And I've mentioned it before. Um, it's, a, it's called a zeolite. And if you go um, to, there's a website where you can order this zeolite. And it does help chelate these heavy metals from the body. And the difference between this zeolite that I like, which is a whole body detox, um, is it's not made in a lab. It's not synthetic. So it's all natural, organic, and it does cross the blood-brain barrier. So it does help, you know, to chelate these um, these these uh, heavy metals out. And it's not as abrasive as, say, going for chelation therapy. So you can order it on um, Hope Health dot the good dot com so that website is hope h o p e health dot the good dot com 
Um, and you can you can go there. And there's there's a whole bunch of products on there that I like. I like their greens. I like their 10-day detox, which is kind of kickstart. There's a whole bunch of stuff, um, you know, things that you can substitute for your blood sugar. But definitely, I, with my clients, I don't suggest anything, but you have to be on a zeolite nowadays, you know, especially with everything that they're spraying on us. And speaking of spraying, we're going to talk about that next week because we have somebody um, on that's a nationwide uh, uh, advocate and educator on the chemtrails and the chemical trails and what they're spraying in the air and onto our ground. So he's going to be on with us next week, Paul. I'm looking forward to that show very much. Uh, that's a very mm-hmm. interesting subject. Uh, and I really I look forward to it. I, I think it's going to be a lot of, well, I would say it's going to be a lot of fun. But, I mean, it's, it's fun to, to, to unearth these things and bring it around, but I would rather that it wasn't going on at all and you were sort of, you know what I mean? Like we're talking about, destroying by taking down things that are established that are bad for us, you know, as opposed to, we, in other words, we're playing defense all the time, right, defending ourselves mm-hmm. from these as opposed to focusing on, okay, things are more or less, I mean, nature is out to get man, nature is out to get everybody, uh, including nature, so it's just the way it is, but there just aren't these other sort of uh, barrage of, of onslaught. Uh, that we, so mm-hmm. we're not focusing on how can we, uh, I don't know, make more, increase our crop yields or, um, you know, I don't know, uh, get more housing, like, or more people in houses or, or whatever it is. Instead of worried about, hey, how do we stop these people from dumping this crap all over us and killing us? Right, uh, and exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and even what's in our food supply. I mean, now they're labeling bioengineered food ingredients. And, I mean, it's just in about everything. You know, and, I, and I've been eating organic for years, not because I'm high maintenance and I want to pay the extra for it, but because I know and I've done my education on it. You know, I mean, I, I got myself out of a wheelchair 20 years ago, and it wasn't by osmosis. It was by hard work, and, you know, I'm not 100%, but I'm not in a wheelchair anymore. But it was from getting educated. So... There. That's very, yeah, very true. And the thing, I heard a great line, a friend of mine, a girl, well, a female friend. You say girlfriend and you're a man, people, it means a certain thing. So a female friend of mine uh, uh, who I've known for some time, and she's very into homesteading and homeschooling your kids and sort of uh, doing, you know, living that way. And so we were discussing, mm-hmm. we were like 20 or something, early 20. And uh, just talking about this, and I said, gee, but the stuff's so much more expensive. And she said, you think, you think organic food's expensive? You know how expensive cancer is? Right. That's, that's that is the correct answer, not only in terms of dollars, but in terms of quality of life. You know, like it costs you more than just any of this stuff. Like Diana just said, she, she has a Lyme disease, and it, it takes more away than just dollars, your quality of life, uh, time right. with your family. Uh, if you have children out there, you might not see, get to see your kids. Your kids, first of all, your kids might not have their mom or dad around, right? Your responsibility right. to and them. It, and, it's a very, and I'm sure that she would agree with me. It's a very unpredictable thing. You know, it's kind of like a day-to-day thing. How am I going to feel today? Am I going to feel okay? I don't know. You know, and I've had people call me hypochondriac. Um, I don't think so. You come walk in the shoes and you see. So, uh, yeah. And personally, I don't really give a shit what people think. So, on to some well, more. Um, 
if they tell if people are telling people's advice or guidance is to guide you or anybody else away from uh you know cleaning up cleaning up what you're eating and purifying what you're putting in your body particularly when you're when you're wheelchair bound uh then answer right. that phone you want to smoke, you want to drink, you want to smoke weed, you want to go eat shit. I don't really care. You know, that's up to you, but I'm going to do what's good for me. And if you want to pollute your body like that, hey, more power to you. It'll catch up to you. So a breaking report that I saw today was about the CDC. And, and they're actually confirming this stuff now, which is shocking, seeing that they tried to hide all of this stuff early on. But they confirmed, listen to this, that hundreds of thousands of kids died suddenly, died suddenly following the rollout of the COVID vaccines. Well, I wonder why. Hmm. Did you happen to see that movie Died Suddenly at all or not? I did not. Yeah, that's one that you you definitely want to, if you can get your hands on it still, that you definitely want to see. And it was a movie put out by, um, it was somebody that, that narrated it, but they went to uh, coroners, funeral homes, um, and, and, and they saw, like, literally the blood clots that were coming out of these people that have had the jab, you know, and they died of stroke or heart attack. And, I mean, it was, it was really, and I don't get really grossed out often, but it was pretty gruesome, and, and it was pretty sad. And in fact, I have a friend that's a mortician, and uh, she says that they're using, I forgot what she said, it's 28% less, don't quote me on the percentage, but it was pretty substantial compared to what they were using 30 years ago, but formaldehyde, less formaldehyde than they were 30 years ago, and they contribute that, she says, to uh, all the preservatives and stuff in the foods. That's crazy. Really yeah, it's not. It, it's, um, very, it's, interesting. it's disconcerting uh, for, for certain. And it's, uh, you know, the preservatives in the foods, like, you know, on the one hand, like, some people make the mistake of saying, well, they're making good food, you know, more expensive than the bad food, which is not true. So good food costs more because there are less preservatives at lower shelf life. In other words, like the, the people, the people who own the company who are producing it are going to end up suffering more waste, more loss through waste because the food went bad than when they right. filled it up with preservatives. So that's why it costs more compared to the other stuff. But the other stuff costs less because of all this junk they put in it to make it last longer. And it's uh, so that it's, I mean, it is what it is. You want to preserve the food supply? Like, okay. But if you're preserving the food supply by poisoning the people, then it, you might as well sort of have not eaten it at all, yeah? Uh, mm-hmm. I guess. Well, that's, that's very interesting that, that the people are already so full. <laughs> and I'm you're laughing because right. it's always it's a joke. But yeah, it's not, they, they, they 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 for it. it should be cheaper to bury your ass then. But So yeah, i got to tell you the story because when you were talking about the food preservatives, it made me think uh, – this is years ago. This is going back, I don't know, 17, 18 years ago. And I would love to call my girlfriend to find out if it's still there. But her sister, uh, I was doing a raw food cleanse in Ithaca, New York, and her sister worked at Cornell. She was a researcher. So we took a Twinkie, 
and the Twinkie, <laughs> we took a Twinkie and we put the Twinkie underneath the microscope, you know, the equipment that they use there, which is pretty high tech being a research college. And there was not one, not one ingredient in this Twinkie that was recognizable to the human body. So we took the Twinkie and we put it on a magnet and we put it up on the refrigerator. Now, the last time I talked to her, it had to be 10 years ago. Do you know that Twinkie was still on that refrigerator? Not moldy, not disintegrated, not changed in form. It was still there on that magnet. That's pretty sad. That's fascinating. That is fascinating. It is. I I should really get a hold of her to ask her. She lives in Costa Rica now, but I would love to know. I mean, if her sister is still there, if you're listening out there by some remote chance, call me and let me know if that Twinkie is still there because I really want to (laughs) know. Uh, that's, that's interesting. And I want to point out, so this is a good time to to uh, meditate on this and discuss briefly the, um, okay, so, so so what? So what so what do we want done about it or what should be done about it? And I want to point out that people should have the right and freedom to, in other words, it's not the place of a handful of people, whether they're in the Congress or some secret cabal or, or, or anywhere else where, to tell others, the, the masses, that you may not have this, you may not have that. Uh, in, in very few situations, if any, I think that's appropriate. So in other words, uh, it's junk, like, take, take for example, like, like tobacco, like smoking, smoking uh, cigarettes or cigars. Yes, it's bad for you. It's, all, it's true. It's, you know, pollutes your lungs and, and uh, you know, puts these bad chemicals in your bloodstream and everything else it does. Like mouth cancer. Um, mm-hmm. But but you're still free. To, you should still be free to choose to do it. I mean, life is short, right? Chocolate's bad. I mean, well, the American chocolate's full. It's full of all the processed sugar. Is definitely bad for you. But you know, hey, listen. If you want to enjoy your life, that's fine. But the point is, I think there should be truth in product. They should tell you, or that is, it, sh- it should be clear and obvious. And it is. If you read the, li- the ingredients on, on a box of Twinkies, it's not going to say mm-hmm. that it has apple. Apples and oranges, and uh, you know <laughs> that it's good for you. It is junk, and you should be free to choose to indulge yourself in junk if you want to. If you want to have alcohol or smoke or whatever it is. But I think the point is truth in product. Now, when you talk about like the things, the, the clothing, the leggings, uh, mm-hmm. as long as you're telling people about it and it's known, then I really don't have a problem with it. You should be free to choose to sell it, and people should be free to choose whether or not they want to buy it. If people choose, right. know what it is, you willfully choose not to, you vote with your wallet. You want them to stop making right. You want McDonald's and anything to stop making this stuff, stop putting money in their cash register, you know, and, mm-hmm. then, and so on. I, I uh, uh, saw a news article in the last, when I say recently, <laughs> sometime in the last six months probably, but but I saw a news article in which uh, some of this or, uh, so, so the label, the organic label, has been under some some heat for more than six months that I've been aware of in terms of its legitimacy and how much uh, they're letting the producers sort of slip past the goalie and still keep the label on it. Um, there's some sort of new APL, I think it's A-P-E-E-L, I believe, is, is what it's called. APL, like it's banana peel, APL. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And it's and it's being coded. And of course, it's from the. I think it's funded by the Gates Foundation. That wonderful organization. Yes, it is. And yes, the uh, for those of you out there who uh, are playing along at home and are probably doing something else, the Bill Gates Foundation, the Microsoft guy. Yeah. Uh, who also and, funded and the jab. I don't doubt it. And um, the anyway, so they're putting this on this organic food. The, label, the organic label, and it's garbage. I mean, it's toxic, it's, it's poison, it's toxic, and it puts stuff into your body, like Diana was just saying, it stays with you for a long time, if not forever, um, mm-hmm. which is very so – so we were talking about truth in product. Don't put a label on it that you charge extra money to, the, to, the, to everybody for, right? You have this government agency that everybody pays for, the prices of, is, is mm-hmm. cost of which is reflected either in direct taxation or increased cost of goods that it deals with or both. When you put that on there and tell I'm paying more because it's supposed to be free of this junk. And right. now it has this junk in it. Now, now we have a problem. Now we have a yeah, problem. Absolutely. And an example of that would be um, lemons, you know, organic lemons. I was in Whole Foods um, recently, um, me and a friend, and – we were looking around, and there were two different brands of organic lemons. And one of them, um, you know, didn't have any other ingredients but organic lemon. And the other one had organic lemon, and it was covered with that resin, which is that appeal stuff, basically. And, um, you know, I'm like, okay, so I guess I'll choose the one that doesn't have that on there. But you, you have to be a label reader. You know, that's the bottom line. you got to be a label reader and... We, it, I, I saw on Facebook somebody had posted that Driscoll's, who puts out Driscoll's strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, they put out blackberries, um, and they put out in organic form. Uh, I guess somebody had called the company and asked about that. You know, asked them, hey, are you using appeal on your organic uh, produce? And they said, no, we've never used it, and, you know, we've been pure for the 43 years or whatever that we've been in business. So, I mean, if that's what it takes is making a phone call and asking you know, it's it's a good idea. I mean, you might not be able to avoid everything forever. And we're not telling you to here. We're just saying if you really care about your health, you know, be be an, and be an advocate for it. Nobody's asking you to be perfect. But if you have a liver disease or kidney disease and you're out drinking or if you have problems with a, with your lungs and you're smoking, it's your own fucking fault if something goes wrong. Nobody else's. That's right, and as long as the person and the individual in question and their family, sometimes it's the, the grieving, you know, the, the grieving widow or mother or whoever, somebody, an angry son, um, who who causes the big thing. But I mean, listen, yeah, the answer if if, if uh, it's, it's it's your life, it's my I have my, I have my life, it's my choice. If I want to spend it, you know, just slothing around places, as long as I can afford to pay for it. Uh, then that's my choice. It's my life. It's not your place. It's not my place to sit here and tell someone else, hey, you can't have, because you, you could die tomorrow. Anybody could die, right? Before I finish this sentence, I might have some kind of like an aneurysm happen or something and not be able to be struck by lightning, anything. So that it's, it's not anyone's place. Nobody knows how long you're going to live. Unless they plan on killing you right this second and committing murder, then they know how long you're going to live. But for the most part, nobody knows how long the other person's going to live. It's not anybody's place to tell the other people that, they have to, that, that you must be uh, – it's not Paul's place to tell Diana that she must uh, be, be bereft of, of pleasure 
and she cannot have, you know, she likes to have a, a bottle of wine or three, uh, a couple nights, uh, or, or smoke a pack of, pack a day of cigarettes or, you know, go to Burger or whatever it is. They have Twinkies. They like to get a box, box of Twinkies a week. Uh, it, it's not my place to tell you that you can't do that. But, but as long as you accept the consequences, then we're okay. What we have the problem is people who smoke for a long, you know, they behave in a way that they know is bad, and they, they, the consequences don't always happen instantaneously, and then eventually the bill comes due, and then they pretend that they were wrong and oppressed. The problem with that is that that's politically profitable. And the only reason that's politically profitable is because enough of the populace get, get, pays attention to it and treats it like it's worth taking seriously. And so, again, that's sort right. of, I think, what the mission here uh, with what we're trying to do or be a part of. We're not the only ones of, of this mind. Uh, right. But, you know, it's just to, so it's not politically profitable because bad people will never stop to seek, will never stop. You can't legislate evil uh, from existence. You just can't. No matter, how you alter the of, no matter how you alter the system of government and what changes you might make, like, say, put a 10% total tax cap in the United States for state, federal, and local, that'd be, that, would, that would abolish all these sham charities that are masquerading as, as helpful uh, because there wouldn't be any money for them. And that'd be great, but nonetheless, there was no power-seeking people attempting to go into these positions, and they'll, do, they'll say and do anything to sort of get their hands on the power and the money. Yeah. But if we, so if we limit, if we limit what they, the damage they can do, number one, but number two, make it so that if they behave that way, they don't win, right? Make it politically unprofitable to behave that way, and that's what you can do about it. You don't have to be a big campaign donor. You don't have to take time out of your day to host a radio show or write books or anything else like that. All you have to do is when, when somebody puts a on your leg and tells you it's raining, you have to know better, it's punch them in the nose. So that, that, then they'll stop doing it. Right. Yeah, well, you know, the politicians, they're all, they're all one and the same in it for the same thing. And I you know, I used to be wrapped up in that whole political world. And I'm sorry, but how much has changed um, when it comes to any politicians? Not much. I hate to tell you and burst your little GOP bubbles or whoever organization you belong to, but it just doesn't. It's going to be up to the people to make the changes. And just to go back for one second on what you said, um, yeah, people, you know, that's the great thing about America, right? We have free choice, at least in most things people think they do. But I think people also do it out of a genuine caring, you know, when I have clients come to me, I care about my clients. So I'm going to say, hey, look, it's not in your best interest to eat that. You know, people care about you. They want you around. But people take it the wrong way and eh, whatever. So, you're bad, not mine. That's right. And when people come to, like, for medical um, advice, you know, for health advice, it's like, you know, I tried that stuff when I was younger. I was a big drinker when I was younger. Huge alcoholic, actually. Um, and I haven't had a drink since 2015. Nonetheless, so I go to my primary care doctor and I sort of like, hey, listen, just tell me whatever you want. Just don't tell me you stop drinking. He's like, it's my job to tell you stop. You drink way too much. Look at your liver enzymes. You know what normal is? This is what yours are. Uh, and so on. And he yelled at me. But at the end of the day, like, that's what I'm paying him for. I'm not going to, you know what I mean? I cannot take the person's advice. But he didn't do anything wrong by pointing out that dumping, you know, a liter of, of a poison into your mouth uh, every day 
for almost every day is bad for your health. It's, you, you wouldn't be doing uh-huh. this job. If I don't hear it, then, then, don't, then don't pay the doctor. Don't go to the doctor. If you don't want to right. hear it, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's ridiculous. And just so you know, uh, some, some inside stuff here. Uh, Dave at Mission HQ for our show has given us the uh, blessing to go on until 8.59 Eastern uh, with our uh-huh. show right up until you know, at 9. Uh, so that yeah, we do have a little more than we at first uh, thought, uh, which I yeah. think is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, as long as we don't – yeah, there was a little technical difficulty there, but it's no big deal. We're getting used to, you know, we're getting used to each other. And, you know, one of these days we're meeting in person and we're going to do the show live, right? So maybe even on Facebook. You never know where we're going to turn up, so be careful little ones. Uh, so I start taking, I, not to change the subject completely, but when we were talking about smoking, I started taking this course called the anatomy we use when we breathe. And it's about breathing techniques. It's pretty interesting. It, it, it's talking about not how we breathe real shallow all the time, but it's talking about how when we take, you know, an energetic deep belly breathe and what it does to us uh, and our circulatory system, our our muscles, and how you know the oxygen interacts. I've just started getting into it, and it's actually uh, it's actually really interesting, and it's part of my CECs too, so which is helpful. So I think we're going to do a show on. Yeah, I think we're going to do a show on, um, you know, on. I know we're talking about doing the show on finances, so we're going to get that up and going pretty soon, because I think that's going to be a really good one, and that's your forte. I hope so. Uh, yeah, well, the first half of my first book is about uh, personal finance and just a little bit about me. I uh, used to have no money, penniless, like a lot of the irresponsible, like many young people. Uh, and then I was either 22 or 23 years old when I decided that I had enough of, like, making myself poor on purpose. Uh, I would work. I'd work a lot. I'd paid, I was paid hourly, so I'd do hours equal dollars. And I pissed it away as fast or faster than it came in, spent all my money on toys and candy like a big over, like, like a prolonged adolescent um, behavior. And so I decided to change my life at that point. Uh, after I got into it for a couple of years, it took me, I don't know, three or four years to save up a little money. And then in 2000, starting in 2013, uh, I began a stretch of four years, four consecutive years, in which three of those four years I doubled my net worth for the year. I began that stretch with $10,000 net worth and ended it with a $70,000 net worth. I've gone on from there, but I've never repeated such explosive growth uh, myself. And this is all just working jobs like in pizza places, like flipping burgers, making pizzas, you know, doing, doing jobs like that, um, working a bunch, living modestly. I still drank. Like, so what I did was I instead of like treating myself to every, every impulse that I wanted, if there's, say, five, six, seven things I like to do, I just narrowed it down to like two. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't mean to have no fun. Like I still could afford to, you know, do a few things that I like, but just don't do all those things every time you want to reach in your pocket. You'd be surprised how fast you can add up some money. And then I started investing my savings. Um, and it was really during that stretch, that four-year stretch, when I stopped following sort of the template. It was because at first I just did sort of what everybody else did, which is like there's this pre-established industry of sort of uh, personal finance and things where, where you're supposed to, uh, they tell you to save very little. The most I ever heard, saw or read 
somebody suggests that you save was 10% of your income. And I think that's a, that's a minimum. That should be a minimum for, for most people, um, 10% of your net income. Uh, you should pay yourself first. But anyway, and then what you're supposed to do is with that, then you go to college where you trade money, you spend money that you don't have for time that you can never get back, usually during mm-hmm. your youngest, your productive years, uh, at the end of which you may be given a certificate, which is not an asset. Financially speaking, it's not an asset. You can't sell it. In almost all cases, you cannot borrow against it. You can't trade. Like, try to sell it to somebody else. Like, oh, I paid $40,000 for this. Try to sell it to somebody else for 10 bucks. $10. You won't be able to do it. It's not an asset. It's not. What it all, its only purpose is so you can go beg somebody to hire you for a job at their business. I'm not saying it's, that you shouldn't necessarily do it, but let's just talk, let's call a spade a spade. At that point, they want you to cling to that place and put all your, basically all your savings between two places. Number one, the equity in your single family home, and number two, inside your 401k plan, your 401k retirement account. Mm-hmm. This is not, you can do worse than this kind of a thing. But the problem with that is none of that produces income for you, right? So if you look at it like when we were kids, when you were a young kid, uh, you get your lunch money. It's all controlled by, you know, your parents, right? You get how much lunch money you're going to get. They control everything. Well, eventually, and then you go from your parents to your employer, and they control your lunch money. Well, eventually, you want to make your own lunch money at least to some degree. So you have more control over your life, more independence from your customer. An employer is just a customer. Uh, and I, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just buying and selling. Um, and, and you can move on to a point where you can have more access to your time at a much younger age than, than when you're in your 60s. Because number one, you might not make it to your 60s. And number two, you can live a better life the whole way through. So that's what the point is, that explosive growth started to happen once I, once I stepped out of that mold and sort of realized that what they were saying was fine, but it's sort of like there are better ways to do it, and, and there are other ways. The first chapter of my book is, is, says, what is money? And I have a money chart on there with a listing of, I don't know, a dozen types of money, stocks, bonds, and cash among them. But then you also have, like, real estate deeds. You have uh, corporate bonds. You have a- uh, ammo, guns and ammo. You have livestock. You have, you know what I mean? There's all these other forms, types of money. And just to sort of introduce the person to expand their mind, but also number two, it ranks them what they're good at and what they're bad at. Stocks, bonds, and cash, which is what you're limited to inside of your 401K, are terrible at long-term growth, are terrible at producing paychecks, uh, which are the things that you need. And even once a person does eventually build up a big balance in their 401K plan, so they start out contributing, you know, a few hundred dollars or maybe even a few thousand dollars a year. But you can't really do much. Like, what are you going to do with 1500 bucks? Like, what are you going to do, buy, buy a restaurant? No. You know, okay, so I'll put it in this thing and invest in the stock market, which is fine. Uh, but then they start uh, years and decades go by, and all of a sudden they've got a fat number in there, six figures, so with a crooked number, sometimes seven figures. And they're still – I worked at the Honeywell plant in Buffalo uh, as a janitor during this, some of this period. Uh, as one of, like, my regular jobs. And these people who had worked there, they got paid by their employer way more, three, four, five times more than I had ever been paid by an employer. And they'd been working mm-hmm. there or such for decades. And they were afraid of their employer. We're talking about millionaires on paper who, in practice, 
were basically needed their lunch money from Debbie next week. And it was mm-hmm. pathetic. And it was all because, it was all because they were just, it was just the way they arranged their, their, their money. So, yes, we do want to do a show about that. Uh, we will. Yeah, we definitely will. Hey, check your text and, for a second, okay, just so you know. Um, sure. Check your text. So there um, are several callers, and you're not signed into the switchboard, but there are several callers on the switchboard. If you want to actually talk or ask a question, we have about less than five minutes left. Uh, We were just set up for the hour there. So um, you do have to raise your hand by hitting hitting the the key there. So if you want to talk, you got to do that. But anyway, uh, so what, what do you want to add for tonight? We have like three minutes left. Anything that you want to add aside from the fact that we got that guy on next week, which I cannot wait for that show. Um, and then the following week we have on, we're talking about um, um, the quarantine camp lawsuit the following week. So I think we're going to do the finance show last week in August. Does that sound good? Sounds good to me. Hopefully it sounds good to the audience. And uh, by the yes. way, people can call during any shows. If you want to come on and talk to us, that's, that's fine with me. If you want to just, if you want to call in and just listen, then that's fine too. Um, but yeah, I mean that that all sounds great. Can, I love our show. I think we're doing pretty well. Hopefully, the audience is listening to the show. And, yeah, and the, and last week the ratings were the highest show we've ever had, which is great for the first week. So, the point of the show and. You know, eventually the name is going to get changed completely, I think. But the point of the show is to spread information. You know, and we're not perfect. We might not always be 100% right. Um, but maybe we will be. Who knows? <laughs> but, um, you know, we just want to educate. We want to educate and we want people to, you know, be able to be a little bit more open-minded. You know, we're not going to talk about, uh, you know, stupid things. So. Right, and we want people to be knowledgeable, and we want to be knowledgeable, too. A good book about the 9-11 is a book called The New Pearl Harbor. People out there ah. can check it. It has nothing to do with me. I don't get any paid any money, but I read it. That, it's, in my, it's on my bookshelf, and uh, it's a pretty good book. It's not that hard of a read, but it's filled with facts uh, and evidence, and it's called The New Pearl Harbor. If you want to uh, check out a 9-11 book, that is one that uh, might work for you. Good. Good. And I'm, what book am I reading right now? I am reading a book, and I'm trying to find it in my in my Kindle here because I can't think of the name. Um, well, I guess I'll find it, and I'll let everybody know next week what book I'm reading. So, DNP uh, Show, Delivering the Truth and Exposing the Lies. Uh, you can find all of our episodes on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Freedomizer Radio and Blog Talk Radio. Anything you want to add? You got about a minute left. Okay, uh, I keep trying to stay out of the way of the end of the show, so that's why I, I like I don't know. So we have about a minute left. PaulDayton.us, P-A-U-L-D-A-Y-T-O-N.us. That's my website where you can check out articles by me, uh, clips of the show, um, and uh, you can check out my first book if you want. Uh, so please yep. check out the uh, US. Yep, and Paul and I are going to be working on a YouTube channel, and it may be a totally different direction than what the radio show is. You never know. 
So I want to mention that website one more time because somebody just sent me a text through the Facebook page. Um, and the, it, the Z for the zeolite is hopehealth.thegoodinside.com. Hopehealth.thegoodside, the good inside, it's easy for you to say, .com. So uh, 20 seconds. I am glad that everybody tuned in tonight. Uh, it was good conversation, Paul. And I'm looking forward to meeting you in person soon. Same here. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thank you for Diana uh, for this great show and the opportunity to co-host it with you. Everybody have a great uh, day, however you're listening to us, and uh, catch you next time. Okay.